Welcome back to the Experience Growth Podcast. Focus on the six pillars of living an experiential life, our career, our relationships, our personal growth, our health, our wealth, and our spirituality. A few weeks back, I had the opportunity to speak to some of real estate's most successful business owners about each one of these pillars. Uh, They were hand-selected to talk about a pillar that they demonstrate so well in their business and in their personal life. Today, I want to share my conversation with Reed Moore on the pillar of spirituality. I'm a firm believer that that our world and and us individually need to build uh, our spiritual pillar. And as I looked across the, the company and in my friends within our organization, I thought what a phenomenal person to talk to in, in Reed Moore. Reed, clearly you can see runs a, a massive business, right? Again, when you look at from a revenue standpoint, almost $5 million in revenue, again, unheard of just running businesses in multiple cities and states. And yet every single conversation that I've had with Reed, whether that be in a room, on the phone, on an airplane, it's been grounded in just calm and, and presence that only comes from someone that it has, has a basis and a foundation of spirituality. So Reed, first, thank you so much for joining us, for being willing to be on today and to really be willing to talk about a topic that oftentimes doesn't get discussed in, in the business world, but does get discussed every day in your world and should be discussed every day in everybody's world if we're going to live experientially. So maybe talk just a little bit about who you are, where you're from, and, and then we'll dive in. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is a It's an honor, especially to talk about this particular topic with this group of people. Fantastic. So I started my real estate career going on about 18 years ago, and I spent six years at a a little local brokerage, and it really paid the bills. My heart was to build people. And, and I did that kind of, I would say, ignorantly at the time. And real estate had, you know, just paid the bills so I could do what I was passionate about. I had a life event where life buckled my knees. I was always the guy that had the broad shoulders and give me your priorities. There's plenty of room, you know, on my shoulders. And, and through a series of not very smart business decisions, my wife and I ended up $800,000 in debt. And I was 27, I think. And then when you wake up in the morning, you have an $8,000 a month negative cash flow, and you, you only have ever made like 40 or $50,000 a year. Things got really rough. And I started to, I have, I had to have some really hard conversations with myself and the conversation sounded something like this. Uh, if I was put on this earth to, to make a difference, what can I do that changes the world? And at the time I was doing two or three things and, and you guys might, this might resonate with you. Have you ever experienced doing things just a little bit better than other people? Or at least that's the exterior. You know, people look and like, wow, you're so good at this. You're so good at this. You're so good at this. And and internally, you know, it's just not good. It's not healthy. It's not right. So that ended up getting me to a place where I realized that my mission in life is to build wealth and wholeness with everyone that I serve. And in doing that, business and the business I knew was real estate happened to be my, my platform. And so really launching uh, RMG and, and, and my business journey has really been a kind of a giant social experiment. Can you actually live a life to where you help other people get what they want and you don't have to worry about yourself? That's an old Zig Ziglar quote. And, you know, fast forward something like 14 years or 12 years later, my answer is yes. Interesting. So talk to us a little bit and, I, and I actually, I love that your business was a social experiment. So we're going to come back to that. 
how do we acknowledge or, or understand the, the spiritual side of who we are? Like, how did that factor in as you were building? And, and, and there's this wealth and wholeness. So maybe define that by defining that, we may actually get the answer to the first question. Yes. Yeah. This is really, you're exactly right. This is a continuation of what Sarah and Dan talked about. So if we're always looking for models as leaders, you know, if you drew a, a triangle, you would have a relationship with others, which is what Sarah talked about. You would have a relationship with yourself, which is what Dan talked about. And then the third element of that, when it comes to relationship would be your relationship with God. And so in an experiential life, I have to have a deepening uh, relationship in these three different pillars, right? Like what Dan said is I, I can have all the money, but I can't have my health. That's not a healthy way of viewing my relationship with myself. So when I look at that and I say, okay, so what is my expression of that? My expression of that, hopefully in this world is that of building wealth and wholeness. And, and when we came to that as a mission, even for the company, we saw them a little bit like synonyms, although the world, I don't think really sees wealth and wholeness the same, the same way I would. So when we think of wealth in the business world, I don't know that we can help, but our mind go to money and that's perfectly fine. But what I would prefer that our head go to is a place of uh, abundance. I have wealth in my relationship with the people that, that work with me. I have wealth in my relationship with my wife and with my children. I have wealth in my relationship with, with God. I have like, that's just an abundance, right? I don't wake up lacking every day, especially in the areas that are most important. And then the wholeness side is really an acknowledgement that people are not always whole. In fact, all of us aren't, right? So if, when I put my coaching hat on, I look somebody in the eye and I call those things that, that aren't as though they were, right? I'm going to look at this person. I'm going to say, I see you as a 10 plus. You could not be better. I'm going to coach to that. As a lover of people, I'm going to do what I can to help guide them towards a removal of brokenness in their life. And so there, there's an old word for this, shalom. It's a word for peace. And the basic concept is nothing missing nothing broken, nothing missing, nothing broken. And so my expectation as best I know how to in my life is that if people come into my world, they experience moving towards nothing missing, nothing broken. And then they move into a place of abundance. How do you do that with them? So I, I know that some people come into your world and, and they feel like lots are missing, like lots of things are missing or they feel broken. So how do you bring them to that place of nothing missing, nothing broken, which I believe like, I, I wrote that, that those two phrases down because, man, like someone in that comment said, we have such a common presence. Here's why. Because you show up in your conversations as, hey, Chris, nothing's missing and, and nothing's broken. And, and I feel that. But how do you bring people down that path? Yes. So if we to kind of speak in our vernacular in the business space. OK, so this is my internal dialogue. My internal dialogue is that I think that there's a difference between success and accomplishment. And I've made the choice in my life to stop using the word success for accomplishment. Here's what I mean by that. In my mind, accomplishment is simply doing things. I'm accomplishing things. But success is becoming somebody. And so here's what I mean by that is if you're watching this and you're looking in the mirror and, and the reality is you have just notched your belt over and over again, you have big numbers and you have this really big, you've climbed this mountain and you have this car and fill in the blank. But within a few days after that, again, you feel like a little bit of emptiness, right? You feel a little bit like, man, I just seems like that would have been the thing that would have filled me up. I would say that is fundamentally a path of accomplishment which is ultimately a path that, that is underwritten by the question, what? 
what am I doing? Which is really good. But a successful life is a life that's underwritten by the question, who? Who am I becoming? Who do I have in my life? Who do I bow my knee to? That would be, again, back to those three relationships. And so when somebody has this desire, I want to make money, I want to do something with my life. And sometimes that comes from brokenness, right? In, the, in their past, right? I didn't have anything. So now I have to have everything. And there's, you know, a whole mix of that. My hope is that what I can encourage them to do is to do the heavy lifting of figuring out what their personal mission is and who they intend on becoming in this world. And if I can get somebody moving in that direction, they're at least asking the right question that leads to really hard, really hard issues that they're going to have to figure out. Yeah. What I enjoy about that read is it gives permission and almost necessity to the fact that we need parts of our life to be underwritten by the what. The what or the accomplishment yes. uh, is needed if, if we're going to build wholeness, if you will, and wealth. But alongside of that, I hate to say it more importantly, but I might, but that's a personal opinion. More importantly, it's this life underwritten by who? And I would love your perspective. I got to believe that if I'm underwriting my day and my week and my month and my year and my future on the who, then the what is probably going to show up regardless. That's exactly right. So uh, what I would say is if somebody looks themselves in the eye and say, I'm successful and there's no evidence of what they have done or what they have accomplished, they're not actually telling themselves the truth. So accomplishment isn't now the enemy of success. Accomplishment is a sign of success. So if I'm oriented towards, I intend on becoming the best husband I possibly can. Now I'm going to have to do some what's. I'm going to have to forgive. I'm going to have to own things. I'm going to have to say, like my language would be repent. I'm going to have to say I was wrong. I'm going to have to do these things. I'm going to have to, like to Sarah's point, I'm going to have to calendar this. I'm going to have to do these things so that I accomplish the things that I set out to accomplish. But the issue is that when I accomplish those things, I'm not left hollow or lacking. I'm, I'm one step closer on my journey of becoming. Yeah. Reed, I enjoy reading what you write. And some couple months ago, I think you wrote something that I wrote down and you said, there is no such thing as a personal or private decision. We are all interdependent with other people and every decision made for the good or the bad impacts others in our life. How does that lead to um, what we would call here a more experiential life? So my, my experience with even just doing fun things is that it, it, it lacks something if it's not with my spouse, it's not with my wife, or it's not with my kids or other people. And so when I look at experiencing life, whether I'm, don't, don't think of it as a social person or a not social person, those kind of things. But if I'm experiencing life in relationship with other people, then those experiences have more depth. And if I'm experiencing these things from a position of I'm becoming a better version of myself and I'm helping you become a better version of yourself, there's just a richness and a depth to that, that, that other experiences don't have. Yeah, I buy into that. I believe that. Let me ask you this question. How could building a, a spiritual base be in contrast to this thinking and an expression that I'll just go on the record and say that that bothers me is when people use that you only live once, like that YOLO viewpoint of, of life. So live it up today because you only live once. How is, how is that in contrast to your perspective of the who and, and having that spiritual base? 
Yeah, man, it's, it's a really good question. And, and I would say that it definitely, it's a, it creates friction inside of me as well. So here's what I would say is, is if we step back and we say, okay, it's, we are on this track where all of life is about relationships, then we have to start, we have to start thinking about maybe how we were created. And okay, so who am I? What is this makeup that's me? I have a body, right? You guys can, can see my body, but hopefully you're having uh, an interaction with my soul, which would be my mind, my will, and my emotions. That's really who I am. Is, is my mind, my will, and my emotions. Well, and then I have this other part of me that you say, this is my spirit, right? So I'm body, soul, and spirit. And the only person that I really have the power of choice with is around myself. I can choose my mindset. I can choose to, to think in a way that causes my emotions to be healthy. I can get enough rest and exercise so that I have willpower. But I don't control anyone here. I don't control anyone in my business or, or even my family for that matter. So when I continue that out and I say, okay, so when I think of my relationship with God, do I think that I now am in control of who he is? And do, am I creating a spiritual reality where, where somebody bows the knee to me or that I bow my knee to them? And here's why I think this is important is when we make decisions here in, in this world and in, in this life, they have consequences and those consequences are, are not always of our choosing. And so in, in acknowledging my spiritual reality, I think one of the most valuable things that I can do is I can say, I actually believe in this idea of who I surround myself matters, who I'm becoming matters and who I bow my knee to matters. And if that third one is true, right? If this is consistent, then I don't get to make the rules that I choose to play by. Mm -hmm. I actually look for the design and I try to operate by way of design. And if I do that, then who I become becomes better. And what I create in this world is wealth and wholeness, not brokenness. I don't know if that makes sense. I love that. Yeah, it does. It does. And, and actually, in order to do that, it takes an incredible amount of humility. And, and you always show up as that human as well. So Reed, thank you so much for this conversation. Truly, uh, the, the, the focus on the spiritual. And I think you've put some models in place for us to, to truly look at where are we on that triangle? Is it, uh, is it in order? Is it not? What, what shows up underwriting our life? And then also looking at, do we have the humility to say, I don't make all, the, all those rules. Those decisions or, or, or the, the decisions that I make today have, have consequences or effects on not just me, but on other who's that are in my world as well as is, yeah. a, is a powerful conversation. And I'll just leave you guys with this. And, and that is that one of the most powerful things that I've adopted in my life is realizing that I'm not the biggest fish in my world. I am not the be all end all. And that can be a problem for those of us who run big businesses. I wake up every morning, very clear of my deficiencies. And it's a very empowering thing to realize that I'm not the creator of all of this stuff and, and the arbiter of it. I love it. Thank you, Reed. Appreciate my you pleasure. greatly.